Are you feeling unfulfilled in your career and tired of living for the weekend? Do you want to create a life and business you don't need a vacation from? I'm your host, Wendy Schultz, and this is Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Welcome to the Create the Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Today I have joining with me Darren Virasamy, and Darren is another amazing entrepreneur I wanted to interview to share his story of journey from corporate into um, entrepreneurship. So thank you for joining me today, Darren. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me. Truly a pleasure to be here. That's awesome. So introduce yourself. Let us know a little bit about your business and um, what you're up to. Yeah. So um, my business is uh, 34 Strong. And what we do is we help create great places to work. That's what, what it is. We, we believe everybody deserves a great place to work and that any workplace can be great. We can focus on you know, creating culture by accident or we can cre- create culture by intention and design. But culture is going to be created one way or the other. Um, one tends to result in people being engaged really much higher levels of performance, productivity, and the other leads to rampant disengagement and can cause for people wanting to, you know, move on, uh, not really being connected to the work that they're doing. And um, a big part of our why we do what we do, we, we love the process of strengthening organizational culture and creating that. But the real big, powerful question that was a big guiding light for me, I know this is going to be stuff that we get into in the show, so giving a little foreshadowing, is the fact that, hey, you know what? We spend so much of our time at work, in the workplace. When we try to put up those barriers, those walls and say, work is work and home is home, that's fine. However, if we're in an environment where we're feeling completely crushed, we're not feeling valued for being valuable because of the organization, because of our managers, because of what it's like to work at a place, that bleeds over into our life. It's going to help us to show up not as the best version of ourselves. And we want to empower people to show up as strong as they can, not only at work, but we know the ripple effect of that, how it plays out in our family life, how it plays out in our communities and some of those elements. So that's a big part of uh, what 34 Strong does. And, you know, and what we've been up to is, well, as, as you're seeing, for those of you that are watching this live, we're, uh, we're working from home, right? So doing a lot of things virtually these days and adapting and pivoting, which is uh, an important piece of the puzzle in being an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have worked in some of those cultures that kind of, you define as toxic. And um, it's really, it's, it's something that bleeds over into your home life because you can't leave it behind if it's you know it the stress comes over into your home life and then i'm sure your home life starts to bleed over into the work life because you've created stress there from it's just like a big cycle i can see that um and part of the reason i left corporate was because of culture and not um just not feeling that I was making, um, or I was, I I felt very valued by my boss. And that's, you know, to this day, he was an excellent boss. And I probably stayed longer than I would have because of him. Um, But it was the rest of the culture that made it difficult to feel fulfilled. And um, I really value what you're doing, because 
I'm trying to rescue people out of out of corporate and you're looking to help make it much better for everybody so that's amazing how did you get into that this work so it's it's, it's fascinating um i i had the opportunity to take a trip to the big island of hawaii and it was december of 2012 my my daughter was four months old at the time and it was the first trip that my wife daughter and I had taken as a family. And one of those mornings, Wendy, I had taken my little, little girl out and we're on the beach. We're walking in the sand, just me and her, you know, she obviously wasn't walking. She was four months old. <laughs> I'm holding her in a baby Bjorn. We're walking along the beach and she's taken in the ocean for the first time, right? The water is just crashing. She's seen people going and jumping in, surfing, snorkeling, uh, the sun's rising. And it was so incredible watching her take all of that in. And I was just relishing being a dad, you know, four months after, after she was born, just soaking it up. And we went out from that walk that particular morning and I'm, I'm seated on the balcony. Uh, the lanai, we're overlooking the Pacific Ocean. My wife and I are just having a cup of coffee, you know, and I take a sip of coffee. And Kira, my daughter, she laughed out loud for the first time, Wendy. And it was one of the most amazing and terrifying moments of my life. Like having those emotions juxtaposed together is crazy. So a lot of people are probably listening like, how could that be terrifying? Well, I'll tell you why. It was amazing because Kira was doing something new for the first time. She was doing something incredible. And in that instant, I saw nothing but pure potential. My mind went to, she's gonna walk, she's gonna talk, she's gonna run, she's gonna play soccer, she's gonna write, she's gonna speak, she's gonna do all these things. And my mind just went wild seeing her little person and personality just starting to develop and that going through. And it was terrifying because I had to ask the question of what happened to my potential in that very moment. You see, in that moment, I realized that I was on this trip, Wendy, with two of the most important people in my life, my, my wife and my daughter. And yet the life that I lived wasn't true to making them the most important people in my life at all. I live in California. I live in the Sacramento area of California, Northern California. I used to commute four to five days a week down to the San Francisco Bay Area, and the location I went to was well over 100 miles one way. So many a day I would leave, and she was sleeping, and many a day I would return, and she was getting ready for bed, and just asking myself, okay, great, I'm collecting a good paycheck in a job I don't love, in a culture that I am surviving, I'm not thriving in at all. Um, I had moved up the ranks, checked all the right boxes because that's what I was trained to do, be a box checker, right? But I was checking somebody else's boxes and I'd gotten really good at a job that I didn't love. So I came back from that trip and I knew that something had to change. And the fascinating part on the culture side is At the same time I was in that particular role, I was in commercial construction. I was building many uh, cosmetic stores, high-end retail stores all across the United States, right? And that culture had gotten to the point where there wasn't a lot of trust. I was just surviving, even though I'd moved up to it. I was in the senior ranks, but even there, I, I wasn't at the top of the food chain. The owners of the company just operated in a way that just felt like it didn't create strength in culture. We were playing a lot of favorites going through. It just didn't jive. I was also at the same time teaching at a local college here 
and I saw an incredible culture. So I was empowering my students to go out and become entrepreneurs. In fact, I'd see them launch businesses in the course, courses that I was in. I would challenge them to do that. So here I am unleashing potential in others, seeing it in my daughter, and just collecting a paycheck, right? Because that was the path and the, the whole limiting belief story that I had told myself of, I can't do anything different. This is just, I've already done it. I've already, I already have 10 years in construction. I, I guess this is just what I'm gonna do. But something changed because I didn't wanna live and show up that way for others, but I didn't want my daughter and now my son also growing up seeing their dad just being in a place where he's just gone all the time, not connected. And then when he was coming home, he was just de-energized from work. So I thank Kira. That's huge. That's huge. And bravo for you for recognizing that in that moment and making a big change because that's a scary thing. And um, my audience, a lot of them are in that same position right now, kind of in this, this is not what I want to do, but I don't know how to make that transition out of uh, that steady paycheck and the, you know, you, you had a child and um, a lot of them have kids and mortgages. How did you make that transition out of corporate into full-time business or, you know, how did, did you work for a while and both or how did that, how did that work? It's a great question. So I want to refer to the book, Think and Grow Rich. It's a phenomenal book. Where our thoughts go, our energy flows. If you can think it, you can build it. And my thoughts went to that place. Obviously, Kira sparked that. And um, and, and, and truth be told, Wendy, there was several moments before that that I should have heeded as wake-up calls, like literally wake-up calls where uh, a week after she was born, I was going back to the office to the job I didn't love. And my tire blew out in front of a big rig. And I was like that close to getting smacked in my truck, just, uh, just could have ended very badly. I didn't heed that warning. And there was so many that I look back at and I didn't take in. So getting back to your question, number one, if you're feeling that pull, pausing, to take in what are the other warning signs that are out there? What are the signs that are out there? So the way that I got into it, one of the key questions that I asked after the moment with Carol, where I started connecting the dots and I've been saying like, this has been a theme for a while. You just haven't been listening because you're resilient or stupid, you know, <laughs> whichever one you want to call that. <laughs> Resilience is brilliant. It is. We also have to be mindful of, we can put on this badge of honor and say, I'm being resilient, I'm going through this. No, we're actually living a life of mediocrity that we, we're, we're choosing to stay in. So when I realized that it's a choice to stay stuck or to make the change, that was unleashing. The guiding question that was so powerful for me was simply this, change is scary. But we've got to ask ourselves, what is more terrifying, making the change right now, today, or looking back 10 years later and saying, I could have, I should have, I would have, I didn't. And you'll never have the answer to that. You'll never have the answer. So by getting myself to the place of basically laying it down as to which one was more scary, 
The answer tends to be looking back in the rearview mirror in 10 years and knowing that you had the power, but you, you didn't do it. We manifest all these scenarios out of fear. But remember, fear stands for false experiences appearing real. And we have a choice that we can make there. When we face the fear, we can, we can live in that space of false experiences appearing real, or we can face everything and rise, which is a quote that we've gotten from mutual friends of ours. That's a step that uh, Jen Gottlieb and Chris Winfield have shared with us through the Unfair Advantage tribe. So that was, that was step one. I'm taking you to like the granular pieces. Like if you're just feeling you're in that stuck place, look in the mirror and ask that question. And if you don't know the answer today, ask it tomorrow and keep asking it until you're clear. And if you decide like, I'm good, then be good and let it go. But if you're deciding like, I got to do something and the fact that you're feeling that pulling, it's stepping off, trust that it's going to, it's going to appear. So that's step one, how I actually did it. Well, I talk, talk with my wife right? My, my wife and I, we talked about it. We knew that something had to change, that I wasn't going to keep doing that. In my situation, what happened, I had just, it seemed like I started thinking this and then the world seemed to change for me. <laughs> it was like, I couldn't have scripted this, but the college I was teaching at approached me and said, hey, we'd like you to teach more classes. I said, okay, I can do that. Here's the part that got real scary. I was taking on more classes. I could teach more classes. And what I did with the company I was working at in the San Francisco Bay Area was I went in the day after Christmas and I said, basically, I'm either resigning, you know, in three weeks or we're going to work through cutting a deal on having me stay on consulting, advising, but in a much limited capacity. And I'll help, repl I'll help work on training my replacement. I don't want to leave you high and dry. However, I, I'm okay with that if you feel like it's the best decision. So I set the negotiation up to where it wasn't a function. It wasn't a function of they could come back with an offer. It, a change was happening. At that point, I've taken control of the negotiation in, in that place because I was totally okay with if the door is closed and we're done, then we're done. So when you get to that place, it's powerful and it's revealing because you're okay. If, if they say, no, it's not there. You're not living out of fear. You're living out of, I can, I can do these things. The college that I had though, here's the thing. When, when, when I walked in the day after Christmas and offered either my resignation or the opportunity to negotiate some limited hours, you know, like 10 hours a week as consulting so I could do the teaching. If they would have said, no, you can't stay on for a few hours a week, that would have been, we would have been facing as a family about a 60% reduction in my income that I was bringing home. And we were okay with that. So it was a family decision. It was a joint decision because we weren't looking at it through the lens of money. We knew, okay, we're going to be okay with what we've got for taking care of the family. We had all of the basics covered, but I was going to be there. And that was far more valuable. And we knew through that, that it would give me the time and the space to actually innovate and create wherever, thing, wherever, wherever things could go with my business. And it was about two and a half, three months after that experience with my daughter in that December of 2012 that I met my business partner in 34 Strong.
but it created the space so I could actually explore. And we need that to be able to create. You can't, it gets very difficult to create when you're just jammed in, checking all of the boxes that are usually not our own boxes, right? Wendy, they're somebody else's boxes. So that's my long-winded uh, response. I'll get off my soapbox. No, it's great. That, it's so similar um, to my story and other people's stories too, that we kind of all get to this point of, I am climbing, I don't know if, uh, I think it was Stephen Covey that said, you know, make sure that the ladder you're climbing up is leaning against the right tree or something. Cause yeah. Many of us are like, oh, I've got to, you know, I got to check this box. I got this box. I got this box. And, and then you get there and you're like, whoa, I'm way on the wrong side. And then sometimes people will make a change. And other times people will say, well, I'm, I've kind of pigeonholed myself here. So I've got to continue on this path because this is what I've always done. And um, this is the, all the experience I have now. Sounds like you started in something different. You were doing um, you were doing designing buildings and we were doing, I was in construction. So I was a, I was a senior, I moved up to the rank of senior project manager, but I'd been a field superintendent building homes when I first came out of college, just, I, I was more overseeing the projects. And then I was a director of purchasing and then moved into commercial construction. Uh, but yeah, completely so have a big experience in the business that you ended up starting. Like you didn't big time. I do, but I don't. And here's why, because I experienced, and I don't say this lightly, Wendy, I had the privilege of working in incredible culture, workplace culture in different companies I was in within construction. And, and this is a big and, and I had the privilege of serving under horrendous leadership, horrendous leadership, managers that operated in a place that made their people sick that made their people dread going to work. I used to dread leaving work every day because I knew I had to come back the next day. I was in my early 20s and with one of these jobs, right? I was completely, on, I was on my own, I was healthy, I exercised, I ate while well, I was doing all these things, checking all the boxes. But this one boss that I had, once or twice a week, I remember I would wake up in the middle of the night, Wendy, and I would literally just throw up. I, 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 I didn't drink, didn't do drugs, any of those sorts of things. It was just, I was physically sick from the job. I had never had a panic attack before. I had a panic attack on a flight, on a small plane, going from uh, Belize City to the small island of San Pedro. I was with my whole, my whole family. And it happened for the first time. It was because of the stress of, that I was facing. The job itself didn't demand that stress. The way that it was managed, did so i don't take those lightly i actually believe all of those happened for me because i understand the power personally of having worked and served in companies that had incredible culture and what those environments were like and what those people were like and what it did in their own world and feeling like you were just surviving the day and that's a choice we make every day am i going to thrive today or survive and that's embedded in our in our values and where we're at. So that's, that's at the core of why I do what I do. Cause I, I want more people to not live in that space. I've actually felt that pain. I know exactly what it feels like on an individual level and, uh, and, and on a family level, my family was paying the tax of that for many years. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you started your company 34 strong, 
was that right out of the gate or did you start with something else or how did you know what you wanted to do? Yeah. So my, uh, my desire was to go out there. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I needed some time to explore. I knew I was like, I could get interested in doing some form of consulting. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I was thinking, Hey, I've got a background in construction. Maybe I can go and do some business consulting with construction companies and, um, but not necessarily get in as, as deep into that. It's going to be more of the people part, some of the processes, some of that setup. That was more of my background, but not having to be involved in the day-to-day. So I was in talks with a lot of companies uh, doing that, working on potentially exploring what that could look like. So trying to build out a client base. And what ended up happening was I had taken the Clifton Strengths assessment. It's now called the Clifton Strengths at the time. It was the StrengthsFinder 2.0 assessment. I took that on recommendation from a friend of mine uh, right before that trip to Hawaii, interestingly enough, uh, back in 2012, because they, some friends had said, you seem like you're in a phase of transition. It could be really helpful for you to identify your talents and think of how those show up and can guide you to where you want to go. So I took it. I thought it was amazing. I started looking out my window, Wendy, and I was like, how do these people know how I think so well? Who's been following me, right? Like that's, that's, it was so powerful. And then what happened? I got busy and I said, that's going to be amazing for me to get back to someday. Maybe took the results, put it on the shelf and said, someday maybe I'll do something with that. Fast forward to early, uh, early 2012, a mutual friend of myself and my business partner, Brandon Miller, uh, actually ended up um, introducing us. Said, hey, you know, Darren, you're really good at systems and thinking about things in a methodical way of systematizing things. Brandon, and and you're really passionate about culture and and employee experience. Brandon is in the process of really thinking of, you know, expanding a company and and, and building a company around this assessment, StrengthsFinder, and I know you just took it. You guys should at least sit down and have a cup of coffee together. We did, and the rest is history. So, that when we sat down, we talked and we realized that there was this shared vision, not on the culture piece strictly, right? Remember, that's the catalyst for creating long-term generational change for people to go home, be better versions of themselves. We understand that starts in the workplace. For kids to see, hey, mom and dad can go to work and they can come back and that could be a good experience. They, they can see it in that light. How much better are those kids going to end up? How much better are those communities going to be? And it's the long-term change that can take place for employees, for organizations. That's the piece that we wanted to get into in that, in that ripple. So it's, it's for the next generation, but what, what we do today can echo in eternity, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what lit our fire. And the fact that we were so aligned on our values, that's how we connected and figured, all right, well, let's start kind of getting the ideas together as to what this could look like. And we started connecting a lot more and, you know, having ideation sessions together. And before we knew it, 34 Strong was born. That's awesome. So what was your first year like being out of corporate and starting a new company? Um, <laughs> it was fast. It was a lot of time. Um, so 2013, I had... I, I had a third of a leg in 34 strong 
because I was totally into growing the business, making introductions, figuring out what that, that could be. The first year was a lot more ideation. We didn't even register as a company uh, until about the middle of 2013. So 13 was more kind of like figuring out what this whole thing could be and stabilizing some of that. So I was doing that. I was teaching five classes at the college and I was overseeing one of the internship programs as well. And then I was also still kind of consulting with my old employer as well. So I'd have to make a trip down to San Francisco Bay Area maybe two to three times a month as opposed to, you know, three to four times or four to five times a week. So that was a shift, but I had all of that going. I had a, a kid that was under a year old, right? <laughs> so it was all these different things swirling and it was a little, little bit of crazy. And um, it was a time though that I felt like I was growing and it helped me start to narrow in my focus. I was doing a lot. I had said yes to a lot of things. And over the season of that year, we became clearer and clearer on 34 Strong. And I started really working through my full exit plan at the company. I was with the construction company I had worked with. And that was uh, ultimately by late in um, 2013, I was fully able to remove myself from that. I was just teaching, just doing 34 Strong and got to a point where by the beginning of that January, um, of, of the following year, 2014, I was actually in a position where the business was, was starting to make a little bit of money so I could actually look at it through the lens of like, okay, I'm going to focus more energy here. I'm just going to teach. I'm going to do 34 strong. I'm going to be able to make, make some money out of it. At the time, Brandon was in full-time into 34 strong and I was just in a little bit more of a part-time basis, but that started, started the way um, to, to where it is today and how we're going through it and, and, and building on that. So it was a little bit of crazy street. Um, and it's important to pause in those moments. And also I think what I learned over the course of that year and that I've gotten much better at, but still struggle with truth be told is what am I willing to say yes to saying no to? Cause a lot of, lot of things that seem like they're good are disguised as the word opportunity. And they're actually completely weeds in the garden. Yeah. But you go after them. And when you're first starting your business, here's the thing, go after them because you never know. Turn over those rocks. Over time though, you get better at stepping into those conversations and meeting and then quickly being able to see, okay, should I focus on this or should I, should I say no to this so I can say yes to something that's far more impactful? The only way to learn that though is by jumping into a lot of different things. Um, it's not the only way to learn it. It's an effective way to learn it. And that was, that was part of our development and design process in, in figuring out who we are. And the final piece I'll say on that is the companies and the organizations, we totally were like, oh yeah, we're going to go in this market and this is what we're going to do. And they're going to buy it up. And then who, where the company ended up going, whoa, it's totally different <laughs> than what we thought we were doing. You think you're serving one market and then the market comes out. Listen to it. Listen to it because you can force something in a direction that you think is right and you think is the need. And when the market is telling you something, listen to it. Just like I, I list, finally listened to the wake up call that Kira gave me and had missed so many others. It's important to listen to those. So true. So true. And you, you bring up such an important point. And, and 
people will get stuck in trying to figure out every single step before they get started. But really it's taking that first step and you know, looking at what's, what's, what the result is and then adjusting course. And you talk about the weeds in the garden. And um, I remember in the beginning too, I would take any, I could see if I could make money on it, I was going to take it. I was going to do that. And then you start to realize that that's not, worth my time or this is not a good fit this is more of a pain in the butt than than it was worth and you do start to zero in on that clarity and focus on what you should be doing and then are able to start saying no to some of those opportunities now when you're in the beginning and you're just starting out and struggling to even make any money on stuff you're going to probably take opportunities that you probably won't take three years from now <laughs> so yes that is so true. And, and it's, it's the mindset of being okay, changing and remembering this. I always, I always tell entrepreneurs, this is, you know, what it takes to make your first 50,000, your first hundred thousand, your first 200,000 in your business, whatever it is, whatever your numbers are, but what got you to that first place? I, I use it. I, I kind of break it down in, in, in these simple chunks. What got you to a $250,000 business is not going to be the same things that you're doing that get you to become a $500,000 business. And what you do to become a $500,000 to a $750,000 or to a million dollar business, it's gonna shift. And the whole point is, if you wanna grow your business, you have to actually ask, what am I willing to let go of? Not what I'm willing to hang on to. Because it's what you let go of that you start seeing are the anchors that are actually holding you back from stepping in to the elements that really allow you to create the impact that you're going through. So when we're starting though, we have to throw a whole bunch of things out there, right, Wendy? It's like, you, you got to throw a bunch of stuff in the water, but make sure you're paying attention to what's actually sticking. If not, you just end up creating far more chaos and getting yourself into a bigger spiral, downward spiral. Um, and entrepreneurship all of a sudden looks nothing like what you've read it was going to be about, or you thought it was going to be about, um, <laughs> you know, you know, in, in what it is, but uh, we've got to be intentional in the design and it's, uh, it's kind of like music, right? Music's not all about the notes that we play. The music is made by the spaces that are put in there. So put the spaces in to actually look back and see what you're saying no to so you can find your own groove. So can you tell I'm a bass player? So yes, the guitars hanging. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, um, my first year or two in business, I, I called it like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I was in a lot of ways fortunate enough that everything, not everything, but just about everything stuck. Like it was good. But then I had to start saying, okay, but what do I really want to do? And so I had to, um, you know, I had a, when I first started, I had a retail store and as much as I loved parts of it and meeting people. And, um, I, I just got to a point where it wasn't what I wanted to do because it wasn't, didn't support the lifestyle I wanted to have. And the lifestyle I wanted to have was being able to work from where I, you know, wherever I want to be and to be able to go on vacation and to be at the soccer games and things like that, which that particular line of business didn't support. And, um, yeah, you have to have some courage to be able to adjust course and, and, and listen to yourself and to the market and say, okay, you know, where do we want to go here? Um, so yeah, 
very, very good nuggets there. Yeah, I think that, I think that's so important. So it's it's a function of making sure that we're designing the life that we want to have. So put in the big rocks first, yeah. but realize you know you you, you can't have the, the 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 soccer time, the vacations that we want if you're not willing to do some of the work. You still got to do the work in some of those areas, right? I, I vividly remember when I was in that stage of having 34 Strong launching. I was working at the college, still consulting for my old company. Um, it was just a lot of different directions I was being pulled in. But every day before I'd commute to the college, my classes didn't start. I had an afternoon block of classes uh, that would go from like one and then I'd, I'd have a couple, few days a week where they'd go until either till six or all the way until till seven or eight, eight or nine o'clock, something like that, right? So it was a longer block. But I vividly remember I'd do stuff in the morning for 34 Strong and the construction company I was working at, but I'd always create a little pocket to just take my daughter on a walk, go to the park and play with her at the park. That was a big rock. And that, that was a period where phone was left and, and different things. And guess what? The world still went on. It was okay. But we bonded, we connected. That was a big rock. And I was willing to say, I'm going to sleep a little less tonight or I'll stay up a little later tonight so I can have that hour. I'll do these in these other pockets so I can have that hour. But if you're putting those in, I, what I can say is just, make sure making sure that we're being present when present in whatever we're doing so if we're with family just be with family it gets really tough and, and this is this is the part i'm sure you've experienced as an entrepreneur too sometimes we're with our family and we're thinking about work and then when we're with work we're thinking oh, i should be with my family so you're never really you're, you're never really in a space where you're actually focusing on anything and you're constantly distracted i'm going to paraphrase the dalai lama he said something along the lines of humans are the most interesting species on the planet. When we're in the middle of something, we're thinking of what we should have done. When we think of what we should have done, then we think of what we should be doing in the future. And we go through this whole cycle and then we get to the end of life. And then we realize that we never actually really lived because we're never in the moment taking in just that moment that was right there, even though there's lots of great opportunities for us to do that. So, yeah. It's okay to put your phone down is what I'm getting at. It's okay to step away from your computer and there's going to be stuff that you can step into and, but, but creating that space is huge. Yeah. Well, and that's still something I, I work on because we work in our vacation rentals. That's a 24 seven business at times and putting when, when, um, we can, we put people in place to that we can hire to help take on and not doing it all ourselves to, to have some people to help, but also making sure that we are scheduling in fun, you know, after this, um, this podcast interview, I'm going to take my my daughters to the pool. So, you know, just, and then I'm sure I'm going to pick up my computer again at you know, five and start working again. I have a, a, a employee or a customer call at five. So it's just making sure that it's not necessarily structured nine to five, like, we were used to it's structured, you know, six to 7am and then <laughs> get, get kids ready for school. Then it's eight to 10 and then it's this and this. And, and these days with COVID it's kids are home all the time. So you have to, <laughs> it's a different kind of structure altogether, but um, it's just been, it's, it's making sure that, that the business you create doesn't own you too. And yeah. that you're putting yourself into another job. And I have been guilty of that um, 
just be trading one stress for another. So it's something I continuously work on and try to, um, you know, to, to um, put the, the systems in place and the people in place that can help to support. Oh yeah. The, the system and the people, right. That that's so huge. And um, I personally found too, just being in mastermind groups has been really, really helpful with other entrepreneurs that are not necessarily in the same industry or anything along those lines, but it's just a place where you can connect and just kind of get outside of your head, stretch your thinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've definitely have found that incredibly helpful also. That's awesome. Do you have other books and resources and mentors that you like to, to follow or read? Like who's been yeah. really to you? Oh yeah. So for the culture side, I, I have, I, I have several that I can share, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep it concise. So on the culture side, a person that's had a huge guiding impact for us at 34 strong with messaging with what he's talking about is Simon Sinek. I think, I think his work has been pretty phenomenal in that space and have had the opportunity to you know, reference some of his work. I, I had a chance tea encounter with him several years ago, about gosh, about five, six years ago, um, I had tea with him and we hung out just me and him. And I was like, try and write that, you know, just literally bumped into him and we ended up hanging out and it was, it was super cool. Um, and another, there, there's, there's, there's another, um, person. So as a small business owner, um, and budding entrepreneur, Mike Michalowicz, Mike Michalowicz's work is phenomenal. So that book over my shoulder, says clockwork. That's one of his books. I was actually in that book. Um, Mike is a really good friend of mine and uh, I'm actually in a mastermind group with him. We have mastermind, you know, um, actually coming up this week, later this week, uh, together, but his work you know, I have, I have a master's degree. I have, I have an MBA, right? I've learned more about boots on the ground, what it takes to be an entrepreneur from all of Mike's work um, and just the true grit of what it takes in systematizing our businesses and how to even think of thinking about business and then actually doing some of the doing from all of Mike's work. I've learned more from his work than I, I have in an advanced degree that's just applicable immediately. So his work, if, if you want to get just a quick jump start on how to frame thinking about business and how to a- attract your clients and even how to say no, um, I, I, I couldn't suggest any books higher than, than his in the space of business. It's been massively profound. And then the final person I'll say, as you can see for any of you that are watching, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bassist, I've been playing electric bass my whole life. Um, Victor, Victor Wooten is incredibly profound. He's a five-time Grammy award-winning bass player for, for a band called Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones. And um, his work I discovered when I was in high school, but his messaging and how he lives, it's not just about the music. He's best known for music. But his mom always told him, what does the world need but another good musician? Don't worry about being a good musician. Be a good person. With all the work that you're doing on music, you'll become a good musician, but focus on being a good person first. That's what really matters. And I feel like for us in our work that resonated with me from young and and that seed has just blossomed in so many ways, that is so critical because when we start with that and we have these strong values that we're anchored in as entrepreneurs, it, it really guides the lens to where 
we can go and how we're going to grow. Because remember this, where our thoughts go, our energy flows. Mm -hmm. And the bonus one, I'm sorry, I have to say this. My, my business partner, he wrote a book called Play to Their Strengths. It's all about how do you identify your kids' strengths and parent to them. He's got the unique position of being married to the same amazing woman, Annalyn Miller, and uh, they have seven kids together, and now they have four grandkids. So they've had a strengths laboratory, and they had to shift their parenting and made all sorts of mistakes and understood and came to the realization of how to identify my kids' strengths and parent in a way that connects with them so that they can grow and still challenge them. That's so. awesome, because I have two very different personality children, and it's probably a good book to, to pick up and and learn how to parent better. <laughs> always, yeah. always room for improvement, right? Yeah, yeah, they've got that. That one came out last year, and then they have a whole series called The Incredible Parents and Incredible Kids that's coming out. And there's even, you can take an assessment as a parent to figure out what your parenting strengths are. I mean, go figure that. It was mind-blowing when I went through and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's how I show up as a parent. How I show up in a job, right, or in, in the world is going to be different. But as a parent, it was so huge, and I was able to adapt. I've got a four-year-old right now, and uh, my son's four, and my daughter is now uh, going to be eight here uh, later this summer. But it shifted how I have conversations with them, how I parent them, and even with the whole COVID thing you're talking about, how we interact through this whole process, right? Like, they have been a part of helping me to work, and they know when the door is closed, dad's on an interview, and when the door is open they can come in and they can sit with me while I'm working. It might cause me some distractions, but that's, that's part of the trade-off. And that's really helped our relationship to actually strengthen at times when I first got into just going through you know, being quarantined and all that sort of stuff were like locked away and it could have driven me crazy. You yeah. Know? yeah, absolutely. What would you tell someone who is looking to start a business um, in the corporates? What would you tell them? Start start what is the smallest bit of momentum that you can create make make it so simple is there a call that you could make right is there a call that you can make could you go open up a bank account do something that can create some momentum because if not you live between your head i've done it i've lived between my head it sounds like you've done that before right it's it's human nature but start put something in motion and set it up as a potential win for this week or next week and make it so insignificant that you'd be embarrassed. And I mean embarrassed to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I, I couldn't even do that. I couldn't even do that. I couldn't set up a bank account in the month of July. That's it. Whatever it is. But that process, I couldn't go online and set up an employee ID number. I couldn't name my company, do whatever it is. Look at something that is so simple and it's so small, start with that because that makes it real. That makes it real. It goes from an idea to something that is now a seed that started to break ground, right? The seed that, that, that is within a pine cone, it's nothing. It's just, it's potential until it hits the ground and it actually starts growing. So you've got to put that first root down and we don't know where it goes, but momentum builds momentum. And again, I come back to this, where our thoughts go, our energy flows. The next piece of that, and I'll stop with this, is after you've started that, ask yourself, how can I make my first 
whatever, my first hundred dollars, any, anything, right? How can I do that? And, and if you're service-based, maybe it might, might start by doing something for free as a beta version, but then you have a testimonial that you can actually charge for. You have a case study, whatever it might be. Yeah. But just get started with something really little and so embarrassing that you, you'd be embarrassed to look at your future self in a month and say, I couldn't even do that one thing and make it really, really easy. Yeah. It was so I remember when you, the first time as a business owner, I got my first sale and it's just exhilarating. Like this works. It's possible. Not, not that I made a lot of sales right away, but mm -hmm. the possibility was there. Someone was willing to pay for at the time at a store. So somebody was willing to pay for something on my store. I was just, it was just amazing. So that's, yeah. um, that is, that is huge is just yeah. having enough momentum to get to that point where someone could even possibly. That, that's it. And, and just remember this on the product piece, simple quote, version one is better than version none. It's never ever going to be perfect in <laughs> that, that. That's what it's going to be. And that's the beauty is you have your whole business life to continue to tweak it as it's going through as the market adapts, but you got to jump in the river at some point. So version one's better than version none. Get it going, get it started, put it out there as a beta even, and get people to give you feedback. That is a gift that will guide how people will start actually spending on what it is. That's awesome. Some brilliant advice today. It was really great to hear your story. How can people find you? Yeah, they can find me at 34strong.com. Uh, they, they can look for me there. You can look for me on Instagram at Darren uh, Verasami. You can find me there. You can find me LinkedIn, Darren Verasami. Um, I actually have in July, I've got my own website launching as well, darrenverasami.com because um, I have a TEDx talk that's coming up here a little bit later this year. So encourage people to check that out. We also have the podcast manager intelligence that is launching in July uh, as well. So that's all, all coming up uh, very, very soon. Lots of great stuff in the works. Thank you so much for joining me, Darren. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to the Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. And if you're ready to create a life and business that you don't need a vacation from, be sure to reach out to me on facebook.com forward slash your permanent vacation. And also be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes. Have a great day. Take care now. Bye.